interesting is if you look at that in the Hebrew, there's three words that are translated. Then there's a word in the middle that is not translated. And then there's three words after that that are translated. You can look it up for yourself on Blue Letter Bible or any, any source. And the word that isn't translated is very interesting. It's just two Hebrew letters. It's not even a word. It's just two Hebrew letters that are stuck right there in the middle, and no translation ever translates them. And those letters are Aleph, Tav. The Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and the Tav is the last letter. And scholars, scholars believe that when Jesus said in Revelation, I am the beginning and the end, I am the Alpha and the Omega, if he was speaking Hebrew, he actually said, I'm the Aleph Tav, right? So, so it, it's funny, it's like right there, Genesis 1-1, you read the Bible, and God's letting you know real quick, this is about Jesus. Because think about that, three, three words before are translated, three words after are translated, but then there's Jesus right there in the center, hidden in the center. And it sets the, the theme for the whole Bible. Jesus is hidden in here. Go ahead. Yep. Yep. And then the olive looks like a like a like a ox or a bull of some to be sacrificed. So it's it's just that's just a beautiful picture. But the entire uh scriptures are about Jesus. And and so let's go to Psalm 107 this morning. And I'm just going to tell you this morning what we're going to minister on. We're going to minister on Jesus, our healer. And uh, I just want to talk about, and let me just read this first and then we'll get into this. It says, Fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. Here's why we're here. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. He sent His Word and healed them. Let's go to John chapter 1 and verse 1. He sent His Word and healed them. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. Or we could say in the beginning was the healer. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Jump down to verse 14. And the Word, or the healer, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received in grace for grace, for the, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. Now when it says seen, the, the word seen in the Greek doesn't necessarily mean with your eyes. But it actually means no one has properly understood God at any time. Okay? So the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him, or He has preached Him, or He has shown Him. And, and so here's what, what I want to get at this morning. One of the revelations of Jesus in the Scriptures is Jesus is our 
healer. Um, I, I'm just going to be honest with you and tell you what got this thought going for me. Um, there is an amazing show that you can watch right now. Um, we've talked about it here at the church, The Chosen. Uh, I believe that The Chosen is the greatest, the, the, the representation they have of Jesus, I believe is the greatest repre representation of Jesus I've seen on film. I believe they do real good with his character, with his nature, with his love. Uh, my, my favorite thing is how they make Jesus where he's just happy, right? And he knows how to switch from being happy Jesus to corrective Jesus, but he does it in love. I, I just I think they've done an excellent job. But right now, the, you know, season three is going on, and um, they, there's a scene in season three that's getting a lot of talk. And it's a season where Jesus commissions the twelve to go out and heal the sick. And one of the disciples... Now, now realize when you deal with TV shows, when you deal with movies, you're, you're taking freedom, right? You've got to have some creative freedom. I'm very aware that, listen, we could read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John here today, and we could be done in a few hours and go home, right? So, obviously, if you're going to stretch a show out over years, you've got to have some creative freedom. I'm all for that. I'm all about that. But we do have to be on guard, you know, and whenever we see Jesus represented wrong, uh, in a wrong manner, we have to just, it doesn't mean we have to turn the show off, but we just have to real quick in our heart guard that, right? Um, and so there's a scene on The Chosen where one of the disciples who's just been commissioned to heal comes to Jesus and asks him to heal him of a disability. And Jesus basically tells the disciple, no, I'm not going to heal you. Because how powerful is it going to be that the disabled is healing the disabled, right? The disabled disciple is healing those with disabilities. That's going to be powerful, and you'll get healed when you get to heaven. I love the chosen. That scene is trash. Like, it's garbage. It's poop, whatever you want to call it. It belongs on the bottom of your shoe. Um... Like I said, I love that show, but I hate that scene. And what I hate about it so much, I was telling a pastor friend the other day, it, Jesus comes off so loving in that show, and he is. But in that scene, he makes it seem like he's not healing the disciple out of his love. That is an abuse and a misrepresentation of love. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm preaching on healing this morning, and uh, this morning I had to lay hands on two of, two of the people in my house because they're not feeling well. Um, but, a, but if Jesus is that way, then it should have been, I could have easily been like, you know what, this is just what God wants for you. You know, God must not want you at church this morning, so just pay your dues and I'll see you in a couple hours, right? Um, but that's not the heart of God. From Genesis to Revelation, God is revealed as a healer. But here's what I want to say this morning. Jesus is God's revelation of healing. All right? Jesus is God's sermon on healing. Uh, remember, it, it says Jesus, he has declared him. Uh, God, let me put it this way. God preached a sermon series on healing, and he titled his messages Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Right? There is not one time in Scripture that Jesus ever told someone no to healing. Not one time. Now, I understand the show's taking creative freedom. 
I understand that there's the need to, uh, to um, you know, draw in people who can relate to that character. Um, you know, I understand that. I, I really do. But we have to guard our heart, right? And no one's walking in it perfect. Whenever I preach on this, there's always someone online or sends me a message or something. They're like, well, why don't you just empty out the hospitals if that's true? The same reason you don't empty out the jail cells. We're very aware that people's will plays a part here, right? And we're aware that there are mysteries involved that we don't understand. Don't get offended over a mystery. Don't get offended over something you don't understand, right? Uh, and, you know, for those of you who don't know, listen, we walked in healing for our son Jordy for years, but eventually went to be with Jesus. We're not, it, didn't, it never changed my mind about healing. And I never went down the rabbit hole of what happened here. There's a mystery there. There's a mystery there. But guess what? It, has, it does not, that instance did not change the dozens and dozens of miracles that we've seen. Right? And we've seen miracles. We've seen healings. Okay? So we, we just have to guard our heart about this stuff because here's the thing. Religion will tell us that God can, when it comes to healing, that God can, but He sometimes won't. But truth says He will, but sometimes He can't. All right? Now listen, but when he can't, when it, whenever He can't, anytime that happens in Scripture, there's always, the people are always the variable of some sort. All right? Now... I have made it, I will never blame someone I'm praying for and saying, okay, I prayed for you, you didn't get healed, you're the problem. I will never do that. I will take the blame before I put the blame on you. Okay? Uh, and there's another thing I won't do. I will never blame God. Never, ever, ever. If I had to make a list, I'll blame you before I blame God. I'm not going to do either one. But I'm just saying, I will never blame God. All right? I'll take the blame before I give it to God. I will defame my character and my um, effectiveness before I do so with his. All right? Um, so it, it, it's important that we know these things, but, but so here, here's another thing we get tied up with. Well, how does God heal, right? I, I honestly think that is a big problem we have with healing, and I'm not against that. I, I'm not against how do we get healed and, and things like that. I've taught on those things. But here's, here's what I want to say. Jesus is God's method of healing. That's what I know. Now, whether it, it, it's laying on of hands, whether it's all these other things, I don't know, but I know Jesus is the constant in every one of those. So all you need to know is you just need to go to Jesus. That's all you need to know. All right? And so Jesus is God's method of healing, and we see that all through the Scriptures. And, and I don't know if God did this to be funny, you know, because God does have a sense of humor. I don't know if he did this to be funny or what. But when I was meditating on this scene in The Chosen, and uh, so the, you know, the show Chosen starts with a C, God gave me five words, and they ever one begin with a C, that prove to us and reveal to us God's will to heal through Jesus. And those five, those five words, and we're going to talk about those this morning, it's character, it's covenant, compassion, commission, and communion. Those five things reveal to us God's will to heal through Jesus every single 
time. And let me get that. That's what I'm saying. Is it God's will for me to be well? Yes. Every single time. God's will is, is... Ephesians 5, I believe it's 17, says, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We have got to get out of this religious idea that the will of the Lord is always a mystery. The will of the Lord has been made evident. It's been proven. Right? The will of God is Jesus. And Jesus revealed to us time and time again that God's will is healing. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. It says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he made he also made the worlds. Verse 3, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Now that, that's why I'm here. That word, the... the so in, in English it's three words. The express image. In the Greek that is one word. Not Now, when I give this, this isn't the definition, this is the word. The word is character. But in the Greek, you know, the transliteration is C-H-A-R-A-K-T-E-R. Right? It's where we get our word character, but with a C instead of a K. Right? So it, it actually says, who, speaking of Jesus, being the brightness of His glory and the character of His person. He's the, Jesus is the revelation of God's character, right? That He is the revelation of God's nature. Um, and so here's, and, and when you look that up in the Greek, that word character, listen to this, it means an exact copy. Jesus is an exact copy of the Father. So anything you see Jesus doing in a situation, that's what God wants done in that situation. Right? Did you ever see Jesus go, somebody come to him for healing and him say no? Then guess what? He represented the Father perfectly, and that means God, no one has ever came to God for healing and God said no. James said that in him there is no variableness. What's that mean? God is never the variable, right? So if this one gets healed and this one doesn't, Rather than get in our emotions and our feelings and try to, you know, and, and blame God or blame the person, it doesn't matter. God was not the variable. And I got into that a while ago about, um, about methods of healing and, and, and not blaming God just to say that all I, I, the methods of healing doesn't matter. I'm telling you, if you will get established in your heart, God's answer is always yes for healing. That is over half the battle. Because I minister to a lot of people in this area, and when I can't get them to see that God wants them well, listen, the, the number is astronomical that usually they won't receive. Because they think maybe, maybe this is what God wants for me. And what do you do with that? Right? You, you, in the end, usually you can't do anything with it. Um, but so let, let's look. And then Hebrews chapter 13, 8. I want to look at this real quick. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Now, why is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? Well, He's the exact copy of the Father, and Malachi 3.6 tells us that I am the Lord God, I change not, or I do not change. So what Jesus reveals to us is that God's will is for everyone to be healed every time of everything. And He doesn't change. Why doesn't He change? Because the Father doesn't change. So if Jesus came and revealed to us that He heals every time, every person of everything, then that's God's will for the issue. It's done. Right? Like if we want to, we can close the Bible right here. We just have to be so cautious that we don't get offended. We really have to guard our heart from offense in in these things. But what? listen to this, Romans chapter 2 and verse 11. Romans chapter 2 verse 11, uh, in the King James Version, it says, For there is no respect of persons with God. So you know what this tells me? All I need to, this is what this means. All right, God does not, God will not do, give you some blessing that he will not give someone else. He's no respect of persons. So God does not will. This verse teaches us that God does not will. Okay, you can be healed, but you can't. He's no respect of persons. That means he doesn't look at your resume. He doesn't look at your record. He doesn't, he doesn't look at all these things. We're going to learn here in a minute. He looks at one thing, Jesus. And Jesus is your yes, right? So he's no respect of persons. So here's the only question we have to ask based on this verse to know whether or not it's God's will to heal me. Has God ever, ever, ever healed someone? That's all I have to know. Has God ever healed someone? You don't make it but about 20 chapters in the Bible and you find God healing someone, right? Um, why did it take so long? It took that long for sickness to really spread, all right? But um, listen to this. Has God ever healed anyone? We know the answer is yes. But listen specifically to, to the life of Jesus. There are 17 times in the gospel that Jesus healed everyone who was present. The scripture doesn't say whether that was dozens, whether that was hundreds, whether that was thousands. But there are 17 times it's recorded he healed them all. All right? 47 times in the Gospels, Jesus healed one or more persons, right? And that doesn't mean he chose them out of a crowd. It means they were all that were in front of him at the moment, and he healed those, right? If you want something good that you could spend this year doing, something I recommend is every day. Now, you can have a Bible reading plan. I'm a big believer in a Bible reading plan and being disciplined in that area. But something I highly recommend you do is read a chapter of the Gospels every day. Because, you know, in the grace movement, we talk a lot about Paul, and that, that's and I'm thankful for that. You know, th- you know like I've, I've shared with you guys before, the Gospels are the photograph and the, the epistles are the x-rays, right? But there's something about seeing and beholding Jesus in the Gospels. Seeing Him, especially if you're dealing with sickness, dealing with something, see Jesus healing people in the Gospels. There's something powerful. There's a spiritual law, I call it the law of beholding. What you behold, Paul talked about this in 2 Corinthians 3, what you behold, you become. 
That's why people who behold an angry God become angry. Every angry preacher is the result of one thing. They're beholding an angry God. Right? So if you will, will behold the merciful, compassionate, loving healer, that's what you will become. Right? Um, so, so we see that God's character reveals yes. God's yes is healing. Um, go with me to Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. We're going to get into covenant, but covenant, these first few verses, are going to kind of overlap with character. Um, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. So this is written um, right before Israel was about to receive the, the old covenant. It says, and said, so this is God speaking. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, or this is Moses speaking actually, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes. Now I know we read that and we're like, wait a minute, different covenant. We'll talk about that in a minute. But here's what I want to point out. I will put none of the diseases on, on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. Now I, I want to, this is just an interesting note. I've never taught this here. I've taught it in other churches. This is the first time diseases is mentioned in the Bible. This is the first time uh, the idea of a chronic sickness being mentioned in the Bible. And something I want to point out to you is, now notice, we had just had thousands of years recorded of Israel. No mention of diseases. I think this is interesting because the first time we see diseases mentioned, it's mentioned as being belonging to the Egyptians who represent the world. Right? But what's for the people of God? For I am the Lord who heals you. Alright? So, in, in the Hebrew, it says Jehovah Rapha. Now, two things I want to mention. One, this is mentioned before the Old Covenant is set in blood. But he's setting them up for the Old Covenant here. But I want to... So, in, in the Hebrew, it says, For I am Jehovah Rapha. Right? And you can look up that word Rapha. It means cure. It means physician. It means, uh, and I love the idea of it being a cure because it's much better than here's, a, here's an aspirin, here's an ibuprofen, get rid of that pain, but it's probably going to come back. Now, he has the, the, and I'm not against that. Uh, I'm just saying, God is saying here, I have the power to cure you. I have the power to completely obliterate those diseases out of your life. All right? Now, here's something important. The reason I bring this out about the name and, and the covenant is because um, in the Old Testament especially, a name reveals the character of the individual. So whenever God gives a name in the Old Testament, it exceeds the, the covenant. All right? So it, it doesn't matter if you read it slap in the middle of Isaiah. Right? And he's Jehovah Sid Canute, the Lord my righteousness. Right? You can't sit there and say, oh, he was just the Lord my righteousness under the old covenant. No, he changes not. So when he says this is his name, he's saying this is who I am. This is part of my character. doesn't matter if, which covenant it's under, this is what I do because this is who I am. See, we have to realize something. God is not just a healer. He doesn't just, let me say this, God doesn't just heal, He is the healer. That's a better way of saying it. 
Healing isn't something God does. Healing is who He is. It's part of His character. It's part of His nature. It's in every fiber of His being, I heal. I make well. I make things right. I cure. I'm your physician. Right? It is who God is. And He's telling His covenant people here, I will be your healer. I will be your physician. I will be the one that when you get sick, I will make you well. Um, this is what Jesus is referring to when he said, I have come and revealed to them your name. Right? He was not saying Jesus is the name of the Godhead. That's not what he was saying. He was saying, I have come as the perfect representation of Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. I have come as the perfect representation of Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord my righteousness. I have come as, as the perfect representation of Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer. Right? Those are the things, when you look at the Hebrew names of God, Jesus carried every one of them perfectly, and He never violated any of them. Why? Because He was the exact copy of the Father. Right? He was the exact representation of the Father. Uh, and that word I talked about in Hebrews 1.3, character, I said it means an exact copy. The rest of that definition says a precise reproduction in every aspect. So the Son didn't vary from the Father in any way. So it's not that, well, yeah, Jesus always said, yeah, but now the Father might not. No, He was an exact, He was, he was the prototype, right? Um, Let's go to Exodus chapter 23, 25 and 26. So this is after the covenant's made. And look what he says to the children of Israel under their covenant. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land I will fulfill the number of your days. I love in the Hebrew, I will take away, I will take sickness away. I will take away is one word in the Hebrew, and it, it means literally to turn off. So just as when we leave here today and lock the doors, we flip the light switch, that's what he's saying. He's saying that's how I'll treat sickness amongst my covenant people. I'll just turn it off. If we would meditate on this, and think about this and, and get in your heart and see God just turning that sickness off in your body. Power is released, right? Faith is nothing more than your heart aligning with God's heart. And if you can see that, that's why, that's why I brought up the chosen. Because what you see has power, right? And if you're seeing, right, because listen, when you watch that scene, it, tug, it tugs at the heartstrings. Right, And so you have to be really careful when your emotions get involved, like Brian was speaking earlier about our emotions. and our, When your emotions and feelings, uh, you, you feel them getting involved, guess what's happening? Something's being written on your heart. And you have to be really careful with that, and you real quick need to erase that off the board. Right? The, the psalmist said that my heart is a tablet. Right? It's something you write on. Okay? So, so just as like on this iPad, I can draw. I can write on this iPad. Right? So, so when you see something's tugging at your emotions, it's tugging at your feelings, you need to real quick take note of that. 
and realize something's being written on your heart. Put your guard up. Replace that with the truth. All right? So that, that's, that's just that's important that you know that. So we see under the old covenant that God obligated Himself to be the people's covenant healer. Right? It, it's part of His covenant with Israel. But now we've even seen, we've seen healing in the Abrahamic covenant. The first time we see healing, God asked Abraham to pray for someone and they were healed. We see it under the old covenant. Now this is important because like I said, we, we see all the scriptures. He sent His word and healed them. Psalm 103, who heals you of all your diseases. Who, um, we, we see these things, and why is that important? Psalm 89, verse 34. Go there real quick. Psalm 89, verse 34 says, My covenant I will not break. Now, when you read that, you just tend to think of uh, Abrahamic covenant, old covenant, new covenant. There's more at play here. My covenant I will not break nor author the word that has gone out of my lips. See, anytime God speaks a word out of his lips, that becomes a covenant, right? That is now a covenant. And God is very protective over covenants. The things that we get offended about in the Old Testament, you shouldn't get offended about it. Because what it teaches me is God will keep his end of a covenant no matter what even if he's having to do something against his character and nature to keep that covenant, he'll do it. Why is that good news? Because under the new covenant, I will remember your, your sins no more. I'll forgive you of all your sins. I'll heal you of all your diseases. All these good things that come with this new covenant, that's, that's a better covenant on better promises. I know that God will never go against that. I know that he will never change his mind on that because God is serious about covenant. We aren't, right? And in our culture, we're not serious about, about covenant as much, right? Um, yeah. Uh, go with me to... Uh, we're we're going to go Galatians chapter 3. I was going to say something there. And Lord put a pause on it. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but let me say this too. Covenants in the Bible are... Now, there are covenants between men. There's an example of David and Jonathan. Um, they, made a covenant, they made a covenant with one another. But for the most part in the Bible, covenants are made between God and man. Right? We've got the Abrahamic covenant that's made between God and Abraham. We've got uh, the Mosaic covenant, which we call the law. Now, actually, that one was made between God and the people of Israel through Moses. But the re you know why the Abrahamic covenant is everlasting and eternal? The Davidic covenant made between God and David is eternal, and the Mosaic covenant wasn't? Because he made it with a bunch of people. And the more people you get involved, the more likely that thing is going to get messed up. And that's why the author of Hebrews said, finding fault with them. Right? See, the Abrahamic covenant, what, what happened? God put Abraham asleep. God said, I'll make a covenant with myself. Right? Abraham's the representative, but I'll make it with myself. So Abraham was asleep, so he had nothing to do with the making of that covenant. Uh, the Davidic covenant, listen, it's between God and David, and God knew enough about David, no, he's probably going to mess this up. Right? But when you get more people involved, finding fault with them. So the new covenant, don't assume, this is a false teaching, that the, co the new covenant is between God the Father and the church. It's not. That's not true. That's not accurate. 
The new covenant is a covenant between the Father and the man, Jesus Christ. Right? That is the power of Jesus becoming a man. Right? So, so the new covenant is between the Father and His Son. Look with me at Galatians 3, 15 and 16, and, and the, there's a point I'm making with this. Um, and let me say this. Well, let, let me read this first. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. He's just saying, listen, even, even humanly speaking, we take covenants very serious. Verse 16. Now to Abraham, now I want you to notice this. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one and to your seed. Now let me say this real quick. Uh, you know I'm real big on defending the value of scriptures and the value of the Bible. If you ever hear people come and say, yeah, but that's just a translation. Uh, translations are faulty. Now listen, I agree that no translation is perfect, but do you realize that the Apostle Paul, do you know what Paul read? He did not read the writing of Moses. He didn't go and get the actual tablets and scrolls that Moses wrote on. He had copies of copies of copies. And he actually read the Septuagint, which was a Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures. Here's why I'm saying this. Paul trusted a translation of the Bible so much that he makes an entire argument here on whether a word is singular or plural. That's how much he trusted the Scriptures in a translation. But here's why I'm here. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Not to seeds. So here's what I'm saying. The seeds would be the church. He didn't make the promises to the church. He didn't make the promises to believers. Hold on here. He made the promise to the seed. So here's what I'm saying. Every Old Testament promise, New Testament promise, listen to me, it's not for you. It's for Jesus. Here's the good news. You're in Jesus. Right? So listen, so that's the value of those verses that say in Christ, in Him, in Jesus, in whom. Right? The, the best example of this is David and Goliath. They said, all right, you represent the Philistines, I'll represent the Israelites. Whoever wins, it's as if the whole nation won. All right? So when David defeated Goliath, his victory, he went to that battle alone. He took that giant down alone, but his victory was Israel's victory. And it was as if every one of those had slew the giant. All right, When Jesus conquered death, sin, hell, and the grave, sickness, it was as if you conquered death, sin, hell, the grave, and sickness. So why am I getting at this? Why, what, well, then what's the point of saying those promises aren't for the believers, they're for Jesus? Because as long as you think it's for you, you'll disqualify yourself. But when you know it's for Jesus, and He perfectly kept the ifs, then you know you qualify. Um, Exodus 15, 26, it's not for you, it's for Jesus. But guess what? He perfectly kept the if. If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. 
and keep all His commandments and statutes. Then I'll be the Lord your healer. It's not for you, it's for Jesus. Good news. Jesus diligently took heed to the voice of the Lord his God. Jesus kept every commandment and every statute. Now guess what? Since he's, since he's the uh, Jesus healer, he's your healer. Why? Because you're in him. Now I know that gets a little complicated, but listen, that is good, good news. This is why 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, I didn't give it to them to put on the screen because I just want to read it to you in another version. I didn't know if we had it. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, I want to read this out of the New International Version. It says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through Him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen. When you say amen, what you are saying is so be it in my life. You are taking it as your own, right? You are receiving it. So when it comes to the promises of healing, what we do is we say, Jesus perfectly kept all the ifs and the ands and all that. He, he, he perfectly kept uh, what man was required to do. And since I'm in him, his obedience is credited to my account. His righteousness is credited to my account. I'm qualified. Nothing disqualifies me from receiving healing. Nothing. Why? Because I'm in Him. The on, listen, the only way God can tell you no for healing is for Him to tell Jesus no for healing. The only way God can disqualify you for a promise is if He disqualifies Jesus for a promise first. And how many knows that's not going to happen? That's not going to happen. We are in Him. All right. So that was character, covenant. Let's look at compassion. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. And just so you know, the last two, commission and communion. We'll go through those quick. But Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. Look here. The psalmist speaking said, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. The Lord is gracious and full of... Notice he just doesn't have... like he, he doesn't just have a little bit of compassion. Everyone in here has some compassion. But then there's those people that we meet, that we come across, we, ain't as, we don't have as much compassion for it, right? Let's be honest. But the Father is full of compassion. He's slow to anger, and I love this. He's great in mercy. Verse 9, The Lord is good to all. Now, what does that goodness look like? Acts 10, 38. Jesus, the Lord God, anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth who went about doing good. How did he do good? He healed all that were oppressed of the devil. So the Lord is good to all, so we could say the Lord will heal all because that's one of the ways he manifests his goodness. right? And his tender mercies over all his works. So I want to talk about that real quick. The Lord is full of compassion. Matthew 14, 14. Let's look at what, what compassion looks like in the life of Jesus. And when Jesus went out and he saw a great multitude, that, I can tell you right now that's more than a few people. That's more than a dozen. I would guarantee that's thousands of people. And he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. He wasn't moved with compassion and just talked with them and cried with them. And, and Don't get me wrong. He probably did those things, but he healed them. 
I love that. And listen, if you're sick, he, he is touched with the feeling of your infirmities. He, his heart breaks with you. Right? He's not judging. He's not sitting there saying, you need to get your act together and get healed. That's not, he will love you to healing. Right? But I love this. He, when Jesus had compassion, that compassion moved him to do what? To heal the sick. Compassion heals, and God is full of it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 20, verses 29 through 34. Now, as they went out of Jericho, look here, a great multitude followed him. Verse 30, And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. You, 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 you can't be doing this stuff. But they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Now, this is something interesting. They had to cry out more than once. Just, that's just interesting to me. Verse 32. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, I love this. So remember, they're blind. And Jesus says, What do you want me to do for you? Jesus will meet you where you're at when it comes to healing. That seems like a stupid question to ask two blind men. What do you want? If you want him to work through medicine, he'll work through medicine. If you want him to work through surgery, whatever, he'll work at counseling, he'll work through whatever, right? But in the end, his desire is one thing, to see you healed, right? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened, verse 34. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And what happened? And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Right? So compassion, once again, we see passion healing. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 42. I just want you to see this. Compassion, compassion always heals, and God is full of it. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. That's, that's how we pray today. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Verse 41. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Remember, God's no respective person, so if you're saying, God, is it your will? Here's your answer. I am willing. I am willing. Verse uh, 42, As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. So he's full of compassion and compassion heals. So here's the question I have for you. Would you, if you say God won't heal me, you're saying God doesn't have compassion. Because compassion heals. And if God is love, I promise you, you know what compassion is? Compassion is love in motion. Faith actually doesn't move God. Love does. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. All right. Um, look at John chapter eleven, verses one through three. This is the, we're not going to read the whole story, but I just want to point some out here. So this is when Lazarus. This is the chapter where Lazarus dies and he's resurrected. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So Lazarus is sick. Verse three. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, "I love this." Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. 
We're not going to read the whole story. You know what happens. Lazarus dies, but Jesus goes and raises him from the dead. But I tell people all the time, I preach it here before, pray this way. When I pray for people, I do this all the time. Lord, the one you love is sick. The one you love is hurting. The one you love needs healing. Notice she, that the sisters, they knew he was full of compassion. And they knew he would heal. That's good. Lord, the one you love is sick. All right. Um, real quick, the commission. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 20. We're going to go through this one quick. Uh, so this is the Great Commission, right? We know Matthew chapter 28, but Mark 16 adds a little more. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But look here, uh, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17. Now, so he doesn't just say, just go give them words, just go preach good messages, but do something. What do we do? And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Verse 18, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now here's what's powerful about that to me. There is no conditions. Well, there are two conditions. You be a believer and they be sick. And here's the result, they'll recover. That's only conditions. Do you believe? Yeah. Are you sick? Yeah. Get together. Right? Like that's, there, there are no, he does not say and pray that God's will be done. See what the will of the Lord is about them. Before you lay hands on them, make sure they've not done anything. Make sure they've repented of all their sins. Doesn't do any of that. He says, listen, are they sick? Yeah. You believe? Yeah. Lay hands on them and they'll recover in my name. Why? Because my name is as if I'm the one they're praying it as if I'm the one there that is laying hands on them. And so what we see in the book of Acts is the carrying out of this commission. So I talked about the 17 times that Jesus healed them all and the 40-some times that He healed one or more people present. That's not including all the times that it happens in the book of Acts. And it happens in Acts as well. So it wasn't just Jesus was a special person. And you can't say it's just because the apostles were special people because when Peter first does a miracle, everybody's going crazy. And Peter says, why do you act as if by our own holiness we did this? The word holiness just means to be set apart. So why are you saying that we're something special and that's why we've done this? It has nothing to do with us. It's faith in His name that has made this man whole. Faith in His name because that's the commission. So... We don't have to wonder, is it God's will for these people to be well? We know it's God's will for these people to be well. And since we believe all we have to do is lay hands on them knowing they will recover. And I love that, listen, it's not a formula. It's not a, you know, so many people get discouraged because I believe God's best is for you to be instantly healed every time, right? But one of the lessons I learned um, that was just so powerful in our healing journey with our son was when a minister out in Colorado who, who prayed for him asked us, what can you believe God for today? Right now at this, that revolutionized my prayer life when it comes to healing. Like just be honest with yourself. Well, I, you know, like for example, he couldn't walk. In my heart, I had to be honest with myself, can I believe that he just get up and walk right now? No, but you know what I can believe? I can believe for his heart to be healed. 
And that's actually what that minister agreed with us on. And he was healed, documented, healed. Right? His heart was healed. So, so that's just, it's just powerful. It's just powerful to see these things. So notice there, they recover. That's good news. The last one is communion. And I'm just going to talk about this real quick. And then we're going to take communion. And I'm going to have uh, Jerry and Connie come up here and share what's on their heart. But uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 20. I just want to bring out one, one or two things about this. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. He's, he's getting on to them. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What, do you not have houses to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say uh, to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, notice this, take, eat, this is my body. My body. This is the Lord's body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Not in remembrance of you, in remembrance of Jesus. Verse 25. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Notice, I love the New King James Version. It doesn't say unworthily, but in an unworthy manner. Okay, you can go to verse 28. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Now, what do we examine? What are we supposed to examine? Verse 29. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, the Lord's body. Well, what did Jesus say about his body? It's broken. In, it's, my body is broken for you. What does broken mean? He himself bore our sins and carried our pains. How do you, how do you discern the Lord's body? You discern it broken for you. You discern it taking your sickness, carrying your pains. That's why he said when we take communion, we remember the Lord's death. Why? Because in his death, he took our sickness. He took our pains. Right? Verse 30. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. This reason, he's not talking about, about this, this, this God striking this people here. He's saying because they don't discern the Lord's body, because they don't consider it broken for them, because they don't consider uh, on the cross He took your sicknesses and bore your pains, for this reason they're weak and sick among you. So let's read it backwards, right? Uh, the, one of my favorite teachers when I was growing up, I remember his voice so clearly, just died last year, Frederick Price. He used to say just read something backwards, all right? So just do the opposite. So he said those people weren't discerning the Lord's body. So let's say you do discern the Lord's body. What's the, reser what's the result of discerning the Lord's body? For this reason, he would write, many are strong and healthy among you. And many have long life. 
communion. That's the power of communion. And so here in a few moments when we take communion, we can go ahead and be, get, uh, be getting the elements ready. Um, here in a few moments when we take communion, what I want you to do is you don't need me to lay hands on you. You don't need anyone else to lay hands on you. Believe that just because you're, dis- you're discerning his body, you're going to be healed. Why? Because Jesus is our healer. Amen? Jesus is our healer. So that, that's it. So listen, thank God for that show, but God's will is Jesus, right? The scriptures are God's will concerning healing. The Lord is your healer this morning. Um, I'm going to have uh, Jerry and Connie come up, and they're going to share with us for a few moments before we take communion. Um, but if you guys would come on up here as you have the elements ready. And as you guys, once they get up here, you guys can come and uh, get the elements and we will take communion. Go ahead, guys. I had kind of, was even what you had this morning. Hebrews 10, verse 5 and 7. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifice for sins you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. And also was wanting to read you had this morning too, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him nothing was made that was made, and in him was life, and that life was the light of man. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. You know, it's really, I, I, I mean, what you said today was just, just focus on the Lord. And I kept hearing the Lord, I was, you know, what do you want to say? He said, just take communion. And it's, you know, receiving what God has already done. It's not about what I've done or going yeah. to do. It's about him. And Connie was, we listened to a minister this week and he was just talking about we're a gift to God. I can almost see, you know, Jesus in heaven, he's like, send me, send me. Mm. And he... He became a man, and he gave his life for us, and he redeemed us. 
and then I, and then I see him going, here, God, here's your people. Yeah, that's good. For a gift. And we need to walk in this like, life like we are a gift. Because yeah. we are. Come on, man. Amen. I don't always, but, but you know, I'm, I'm working on it. We haven't arrived, but we've left. <clears throat> but, you know, it's taking the communion, understanding what Jesus did. That is the power. Love is the power. Faith is the action that I trust what he says is true and what he'll do in my life. You know, lay down in the boat with Jesus. He was asleep. And I hear the Lord say, lay down with me, rest with me. My, my yoke is light. And just receive what God has for you today. So, you know, Jeremiah asked us to, to do this, and Jerry and I go back and forth. And, uh, but the Lord kind of showed me, and we were in during praise and worship today, you know, new. I give you a new path. A new revelation. And it came up with me this, this week, you know, you, you have the wine in the old, uh, putting new wine in the old wine skins. And the Lord is like, you know, I have given you many victories and you have many blessings and people look back upon your life of all the good things and we should remember and be thankful for those things. But those things don't sustain you. It is him who, who sustains you every day and he has new things for us he has victories for us today it's all now and today and forever and when we receive his body and his blood and and like jerry's saying it's like you know a little kid brings you i can see jesus bringing um i did this for you god daddy i did this for you and he looked at him and he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Just like we do our children. Oh, that's awesome. And that honor. And he just, he just poured out his love for every, every single need. There is, a, there is life. In him is no darkness. It can't be. It cannot be. He breathed the breath of life. Mm -hmm. And when we receive him, that breath, that life is in him. There is no darkness. And so we have to lay us in First Peter, it says, lay aside all all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, all evil speaking as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word and you may grow thereby if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And the, the, I've been meditating on the word milk and I don't know if that's what the word has get, Lord has given me so I've just been reading it but it's the pure milk, the word. that he is gracious and I lay aside myself and my thoughts and my thinking 
to have him this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for laying your body down, Lord, as we receive the bread. We recognize what you did for us, Lord, in healing us by the stripes of Jesus. We are healed. Receive that healing. That's all you got to do. Receive it and walk in it. Thank you, Lord, for your body. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. And, Lord, you shed your blood for the forgiveness of sin, and you have redeemed us, Lord, from sin and death. Yes, the curse. And we have life and victory because of you. And I just, I give you praise, Lord, for all your blessings that you've given us, Lord, in 2022. And, Lord, I know that you have many blessings for us in 2023, and we receive all of them, Lord. It's going to be a good year. Lord, and we love you and thank you and praise you, Lord, and we receive your forgiveness, Lord, and we love you, Lord. Amen. Abundantly, above, beyond, as we ask, hope, and think. Absolutely. That was awesome. Thank you, brother. Um, <clears throat> he's your healer. Amen. And I just, I love how they brought out just how like a kid you know we're, we're like those children he just he loves us there's no good parent who wants to see their children sick broken down discouraged depressed anxious and man you want to pull at my heartstrings real quick just let me see one of my kids feeling bad you know it's man amen but he he loves us amen we'll do everything in our power how much more so and he's done it. He's done it all. He's provided it all for us. Thank you, Jesus. All right, guys. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and pray us out, and you guys are dismissed. And just want you to know, love you guys. Appreciate you coming out. Uh, I know maybe some of you stayed up late last night. Maybe some, most of you are probably like me and asleep and didn't even know. I kept forgetting yesterday was the last day of the year. It, it means nothing to me, but... Uh, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity that we've had to be together. We thank you for your body. We thank you for your people. We thank you for your church, Lord. We thank you for one another, that we can come together and impart to one another spiritual gifts, be encouraged by our mutual faith among one another. And uh, I just thank you and I praise you for that. I thank you for the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. I thank you that he took care of all of our issues, spirit soul, and body. And just as we've emphasized the body this morning, Father, I thank you that the Word says the Lord is for the body and the body is for the Lord. Amen. I thank you that it is your will for every person in here this morning to be well, to be whole, to be healed, to recover. Uh, divine health, divine life, 
with long life, you will satisfy each of us and show us your salvation. I thank you for that, Lord. I praise you for that. And uh, I just speak a blessing over each and every person's week, Father. I pray that it just be filled with blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And we thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, love you guys.